As cities grow, evolve, and change, they have a choice of how to handle the role of their history. In some communities, history plays little to no role in the future of their community. And in other cities, they feel stuck in the past. How can cities embrace their history while still progressing towards the future? That's what we'll be talking about in today's episode of Eyes on the Street. You're listening to Eyes on the Street, a civic brand podcast. Conversations on community branding, engagement, and marketing. quick introduction of who you are and what your role here at the City of Louisville is. My name is James Kunke. I'm the Community Relations and Tourism Director for the City of Louisville, Texas. And our department has a very distinct role within the city. Uh, every city has police and fire and certain services that people expect and deserve. Our job uh, is through various activities to make people feel good about choosing Louisville. Uh, we recognize that, especially these days, more than with our parents and grandparents, Where you are, where you choose to live, where you work, uh, where you go and and play, those are choices, and there's a lot of choices out there. So we do whatever we can through events, through art, through uh, communication and engagement. We do whatever we can to make people feel good about the choice they made to live or work or play in Louisville. Yeah, I think that's, you know, we work with communities across the country, and we definitely see this trend where people, I think, think a little bit more about the places where they, you know, choose to live and spend their money. It's not always just where can I get the job? Um, I mean, that plays a role in it. But, you know, some of those lifestyle and amenities and events, I mean, those play a huge role in in, in why people make those decisions. That's absolutely true. And it's a big change really in our country. If you go back just a few generations, you might find the entire extended family in one small town, and they've been there for three, four, five generations. These days, it's not uncommon for a family with three children to have those three children living in three different states when they grow up. Uh, so mobility is kind of a hallmark of the 21st century in the United States. And cities took a little while to get used to that because cities were accustomed to the way it is. And frankly, cities don't always adapt to change the way they should. But when you accept the idea that people can live anywhere they want and pretty much do any job they want while they're there, it changes how you see the role that a city serves when dealing with those residents. Absolutely. So tell me specifically about Louisville. What are, you know, what are some of those events and, and amenities and things that you think are attracting people here now? Certainly. Well, we, we start with location. Louisville's just on the outskirts of Dallas, so literally close to everything. We're five to ten minutes from the airport. We have commuter rail. We have two major highways. So location is great. From Louisville, you can get to almost anywhere in North Texas in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, unless everybody else in North Texas is going the same place at the same time. Uh, So you start with that, but also consider Louisville has a large employment base. We have about 45,000 jobs at businesses in Louisville. So if you want to live here, work here, stay here, you can. Um, Also, the fact that Louisville has held on to some of its history. Uh, A lot of cities uh, that are suburbs of, of large metro cities, will give up their history at some point and just scrape it all and rebuild and try to become the community of the future. Uh, What we're finding now is that can be a mistake because even if people weren't a part of the history of their community, they like to know there is one. They like to feel like there's roots. So when they choose that place, they can be a part of it. Uh, At the same time, Louisville has has grasped the future. Uh, We do have commuter rail. So transit is a part of what we do. 
We are redeveloping a lot of properties into newer uses, mixed use. Uh, we, we've embraced public art. We've embraced inclusivity and diversity. Uh, Louisville is very culturally diverse and celebrates that. So it's a modern community, but it's one that recognizes that who we used to be is still important. So what are some of those stories of, you know, or, or, or iconic things of what Louisville's history was? Oh, absolutely. So Louisville's located where we are because it was one day by wagon away from the Dallas Farmers Market. Uh, our high school is the Louisville Farmers, and that's because when they opened the school, pretty much everybody out here was a farmer. Uh, that's why the school schedule is what it is. They shut down schools during harvest and planting. So it was located because it was a farm community. Uh, of course, now we're just minutes away from, from almost anywhere in the area. But when you go back and look at some of those early stories, a lot of them deal with the people. Uh, for example, uh, people might be familiar with the Huffines Auto Group. There's all, Huffines dealerships all over the place. The first one was in Denton, but then J.L. Huffines uh, was attracted to Louisville. He sold a car to a businessman from Louisville who said, if he can sell me a car, he can sell anybody a car. So they brought him down here. And he became an icon in the community. Uh, during the Depression, when a lot of people were losing everything they had, uh, there's a story out there that a man came in one day and to the dealership and went up to the sales manager and said, I can't afford the payments on my truck anymore. Here's the keys and walked away. And a little bit later, the salesman went to the owner, Mr. Huffines, and said, this man brought his keys for his truck. Here they are. And Mr. Huffines said, no, let's go to his farm right now. And they drove out there and he gave him back the keys and said, you pay us when you can. The salesman asked him why he did it. And he said, well, Without his keys to his truck, he can't bring his crops in. He'll never be able to make it through this. But with his truck, he can still make a living. Another story, the same man, Mr. Huffines, heard during the Depression that the school district was not going to be able to pay its uh, employees one month. So he wrote a check and handed it to them. So it, it starts with people, and that's still true today. Uh, I, we recently had some bad storms in Dallas, and as I was watching the TV news coverage, the first person I saw from the recovery crew was from the Salvation Army in Louisville. Uh, not to say that we're the first and the best, but we answer the call. Mm -hmm. So there's people in the city who actually care about each other. And you can feel that when you visit or, or choose to live here. And you think, you know, seeing those stories from the past and, and reminding those that it kind of helps keep us grounded or at least reminds us of those values. Like what's the role in those stories influencing how we act today? Well, the hope is that people will hear these stories and, and see the examples that were set, understand where Louisville has been, and see how it influences the city today. Uh, we were a farm community for decades. Uh, and then when the, the cotton crops failed, they went to pecans and peanuts where they were still farmers. Uh, gradually, they became more industrial. But the jobs that exist today exist because of what people did back then. And the buildings and properties that exist today exist because of those times. So when we do public art, uh, we just put a, a series of four very creative art benches on Main Street just outside our downtown. And they reflect the history. Uh, three of them are about farming. One's about railroad. And it's not in-your-face textbook museum plaque on the wall that you read and probably forget. It's a very creative art bench that you sit down, you enjoy, you engage, you, you put a photo on Instagram. And while you're at it, you read the little bitty plaque that says, by the way, we used to grow stuff here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's such a more meaningful way and, and natural way for people to engage with the history and at the same time, creating kind of a beautiful place for people to sit now versus like you said, just, you know, you have the museum and you have those things so people can learn more, but um, 
yeah, it's just such a more meaningful way to engage with the history. I think yes. people today are looking for experiences. You can get all the information you want uh, through the internet, through other sources. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but it's all available. But experiences are what bring families together. Experiences are what people remember later in life. So if you can offer quality experiences, something that that maybe touched their life for just a day or two, that's going to leave a good impression that'll bring them back. Yeah. And you guys do a lot of events as well that kind of tap into some of the history, right? Oh, we do. We do a lot of events. Uh, in fact, just this past month, uh, we had a big pop festival out at the lake. We had our Western Days Festival, and now we're getting ready to work. We just had a brew fest. We're getting ready to work on a K-pop festival. That's about a week and a half from now. Uh, we have weekly concerts during the summer, during the fall, and then the usual events, St. Patty's Day, Christmas, Easter. Uh, we like to have a lot of variety, and our city council has been very supportive of giving people a lot of things to do uh, for adults, for families with kids. Uh, anybody that wants to find something to do can find something fun to do here. Awesome. What would you say to other cities that kind of look are looking at what Louisville's doing and saying, man, Louisville's doing it right. How could we, how could we do some of this in our town and, and tap into our history and make it unique and not just kind of copy what you're doing, but how, how do cities find out what's unique about them and come up with ways to, to stay true to that. Sure. I would say there's probably three pillars that form the foundation for the success we've seen. And uh, the first one is listening, listening to the public that live here, the public that visit here and finding out what do they want to do. Uh, I could put on all kinds of shows and events, but I'm not the only person out here. And if it only appeals to me, I might be alone. So listening to what people want in terms of events, in terms of art, in terms of businesses and development uh, that's got to come first, and it's something that cities are getting better at, but there's still some that are a little resi- resistant. Uh, the second's got to be commitment. Once you decide you want to draw visitors or once you decide you want to engage with the public, you've got to really just go all in. Uh, if you're going to engage with the public, it can't be one public meeting you have once a year. It has to be an opportunity that's available to them literally every day mm-hmm. uh, through online sources, through physical sources. Uh, you've got to to make a commitment and stick with it. And the third, probably, I want to call it courage. It might be a little bit of blind luck, but it's the idea that you're going to take risks, and occasionally your risk will fail. Uh, We've tried some programs that we thought were very innovative, had great potential, and after six months or a year, we looked back and said, you know, this isn't getting it done. What did we learn from this that we can try and move forward? But if we were afraid to fail, we would never try anything. And honestly, there are some communities out there that are afraid to fail. They don't want to look like they don't know what they're doing, so they don't do anything. Right. You mentioned the the Pop Fest. That was the anniversary, right, of the big concert that was here. Was it 50 years ago? Yes, 50 yeah. years. Labor Day, 1969. So this is a piece of history that actually was almost lost. Uh, the people who were here at the time remembered it. But I've been here 15 years. In the first 10 years, I never heard a word. Back in Labor Day of 1969, two weeks after Woodstock, there was the Texas International Pop Festival. It was a three-day festival out at the racetrack here in Louisville drew 100 to 120,000 people over those three days, had most of the big names, had Janis Joplin, had Led Zeppelin, had B.B. King and Chicago Transit Authority and Carlos Santana, an incredible lineup. And um, it was a big deal. Actually, the people that lived here at the time, this was a town of 9,000 people. They were kind of scared of all these hippies coming in from out of town. What are they going to do to our town? Uh, Well, we proved we could survive it. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we proved that we could do it again. We had a 50th anniversary event. It was only two days this time, but we brought back Chicago. Uh, We brought in ZZ Top, 
and had two days of really high-quality music, uh, only about 100 feet away from where the stage at the lake was 50 years ago. Wow, that's great. And yeah, you mentioned I mean, great point that that history was almost lost, and I'm sure in a lot of cities there is history that is is kind of just lost forever, and that's such a tragic thing because those aren't things that, you know, developers can come in and create new buildings and spaces, but you can never recreate history. So when you lose those things, um, that's just such a tragic thing because you can't get it back. That's absolutely true. And unfortunately, a lot of times that history is lost because it's only kept in the minds of people who remember it. And I think we all, even within our families, within our homes, we need to do a better job of capturing that history while you can. If, if uh, grandma brings out a stack of old black and white photos, find out who those people are. Because I guarantee when grandma's not with you anymore and you look at those photos, you're going to wish you had. Or if uh, here's granddad telling that story about that chicken for the 15th time and you could recite it word for word, pull out a recorder. Uh, get him on film so that you can share it with your kids and their kids because that's a history that once those people are gone, you can't get them back. Uh, same is true in cities. We have people who've been here for two or three, four generations and they remember what it was like way back in the day. But if we don't capture their stories through the oral histories that we've done, through the look back videos that we've done, if we don't capture their history now, when they're gone, those stories are gone. Right. What are some of the ways that, you know, some of the businesses here specifically in Old Town or maybe anywhere in, in Louisville, that, that they're kind of embracing the history, whether it's just through like their image and their style and their architecture? Absolutely. So in our Old Town downtown district, uh, the buildings do have a certain requirement when they come in and do work, but new buildings don't have the same requirements. What we've seen is buildings that are close to the historic downtown, they want uh, their business to look like it belongs. We actually have a block uh, just across our city hall with three restaurants side by side, and these restaurants are about two years old. They were deliberately built so that the first one looks like it was built in the 1880s, the second one around 1900, and the third around 1920. With the architectural styles, the features, uh, one of them actually is supposed to look like an old grain warehouse that 100 years later has become a restaurant. So that's money they didn't have to put in. They could have just built a box like all other restaurants do, but they bought into the idea that the history matters and you want to tell a story. Um, so we have businesses down here that put out products specific to Old Town, shirts and postcards and, and, and stuff, uh, items such as that because they recognize that while you can't just make a visitation district out of history. You also can't ignore that history. Right. Yeah, I think that's great. And, you, and one business can't do it, and just the city can't do it. But when the city's involved and it's a passion of theirs and a priority for them and the different businesses tie into that, you kind of get this snowball effect and this collective, and that's where the beauty of a district and marketing and branding all really comes together. It has to be a partnership. Uh, some of our events benefit certain businesses more than others. Uh, if we close Main Street and bring in crowds, the restaurants like it, the retailers or offices, maybe not so much, but they all understand that what benefits the district benefits them. And honestly, our greatest successes down here often have been the ones that were brought to us by those businesses or by the residents nearby who said, hey, what have you thought about this? And again, going back to the listening, we heard what they said, going back to the courage, taking risk, we tried what they said, and it worked out because it was a partnership. Yeah, Absolutely. Was there anything else either about that idea of embracing history or Louisville specifically that you'd want people out there listening to hear or know? Well, I would say one, one challenge that we're facing in Louisville is change can be very difficult. 
Uh, we see it with people. It's difficult to lose weight. It's difficult to change your hairstyle or your fashion. It's difficult to change the way people have seen you for a long time. Uh, with Louisville, we've been seen a certain way for a very long time. We're an older suburb outside of Dallas. Uh, we're seen as a middle-class, working-class community, maybe a little bit laid back, a little bit rural roots still. Uh, but a lot of that is changing. And you see a lot of new development coming in. You see our Old Town District really becoming a visitation point with the restaurants and the distillery and, and the winery and, and other activities. But you have to get through to people who remember Louisville from 30 years ago. And either they didn't like it then and they don't want to come back and see what it is now, or they loved it so much then they don't want any change. Uh, frankly, cities that are going through that process wind up with a certain group of residents that are trying to live in a city that no longer exists, the city of their childhood. So you want to respect that, but also bring them along for improvements that will benefit everyone. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I think a lot of people would be surprised at you know all the great things that are happening here, and then they'd be like, oh, I didn't even know this was happening, all these restaurants and the entertainment district. And, um, but I do think people that valued it in their childhood, they'd see, they'd still see those same values. They'd still see those same things that while it's different, it still feels like home to them or where they visited before. Absolutely. At its heart, Louisville is the same city. It's, uh, the different amenities, different opportunities. It's a facelift is what it is at our, uh, at our Western Days Festival, I had a chance to run into somebody who had grown up here and graduated high school back in the 70s, and he had visited two or three times since then when he was coming back to see family and friends, but he hadn't been in Old Town, he said, in about 20 years. And when a friend wanted to bring him to this festival to see a, a really good country singer performing, he said he, he was resistant, but because of the performer he did, he could not stop talking about how, how different it was, how alive and vibrant and what a great feeling he got seeing that the city he grew up with was very different from what he remembered, but was going on a path that he really liked. That's great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. It's, Louisville is obviously doing things the right way, um, embracing that history. It's got city and council and staff that are that see that vision and they're behind it and they support it. Um, so yeah, thanks for what you're doing for the city of Louisville and thanks for chatting with us today. Thanks for inviting me. Glad to talk. Thanks for listening to Eyes on the Street, a Civic Brand podcast. If you're interested in learning more, check out Civic Brand.